Welcome to Two Minutes About Time, the podcast that takes a look at the Richard Curtis film About Time, two minutes at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen, and I'm joined, as always, with co-host Robert E.G. Black. Yeah. Hello. And we're joined <laughs> with our special guest, James, this week. Hiya. So, today we're looking at minute 20, and then our special surprise minute. Another thing with this show is that I, I, I give the special minute segment a different name each week because <laughs> I couldn't settle on anything. Um, this week it's a surprise. I realize I've set all these I've set all these things up that Robert, you've had no input on whatsoever. It's funny. <laughs> I think I've li- I think I've literally gone and like okay we're doing this. Mm-hmm. So apologies for that. So we we go straight back to Harry walking up the stairs, and I do love the stairs. Yeah, and I think Richard Curtis is actually. I may be wrong, and you can verify this with the shots, but I think Richard Curtis might be one of the only directors to not take to not have a shot looking down the top of the stairs of a spiral staircase. Huh. Yeah, because like I swear, every film where you've got a spiral staircase, like you see the shot from above, and it actually bugs me the number of times that I see that. <laughs> yeah, you don't even see him walk into like the room at the top; they just go, you know, it cuts them in, which is great. So, I'll read some of the dialogue. That, by the way, is my wife. (laughs) Ah, nice. Yeah, you wouldn't like her at first. Sarcastic cow. But eventually you'd realise that she's the best human being in the world, which is why she left me, of course. (laughs) (sighs) It's such a... Like, you you find out so much about his character in these moments. It's like a... It's a classic, like, like a double bait and switch, almost. You you wouldn't like her, but then you would. But she left me. It's like, oh, well, oh, well, okay. My my emotions are all over the place. And for I think you. it <laughs> says quite a lot about the fact that his wife's left him, and he's still got like all the pictures up. Yeah, yeah. Like, and the fact that you know he still likes her and realizes that he's not good enough. Yeah, right. Like, even though he pays it off in a joke, you realize that he knows he's not likable. Yep. Right. And then he walks into Tim's new room, which is, of course, his daughter's room, which he says, here you go. Try not to make too much noise, particularly when having sex. And no chance may of I, that. Yeah. May I uh, quickly point the out poster. that the door opens to reveal a giant Britney Spears poster. <laughs> so I'd like to thank you for picking these specific minutes for me to be on representing Crossroads Minute. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, no chance of that. And then, yeah, when he goes, oh, two losers in one house, that feels slightly like there could be a connection between them. At this yeah, point. Right. Like you could see that they could get on. So I'm glad we've got this exchange. Because you feel like, oh, there could be some level of banter between them. Right. But I love how he hasn't even attempted to redecorate the room before Tim came in. Nope. Like, it's just all yeah. of the posters and pink wallpaper and everything. Do we see it again after this point? No, I think we only ever see oh. them downstairs. In this house, like in the kitchen, I think. Because I did kind of want to see it again and see what Tim made of the room. So it's a shame we don't really get to see that. When he says, that's my daughter, have sex with her if you like, apparently everyone else has. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> ooh. This is, why I, this is why I asked in the previous uh, episode why, why he's so mean. Because, like, it feels that's like he's weird. emotionally distancing himself from people he cares oh, yeah. about. But they're not there, so, like, what... Is he just used to it? Like, he, that's just what he does now? Probably. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird, because that's almost like a joke or an insult he's saying to her, 
but no right. one who cares about her is there. Right. So it doesn't right. really have well, any effect For whatsoever. whose benefit is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's interesting that in his daughter's bedroom, she just has a framed picture of herself right next to her bed. Like, that's My weird, kids right? have a lot of pictures of themselves in their room. And I, I've noticed, I've started to notice recently that I'm like, is this weird <laughs> that like my daughter has a pic, like a big, like not a big, she's, my daughter's nine. She has like a, you know, like a record album size picture of like herself when she was like three. And maybe it is. I think, I think but... that makes more sense when it's stuff, when it's like stuff like that. But I yeah. mean, this picture of her supposedly considering his age and right. considering what says about the daughter, this is her quite recently. Yeah. And there's no one else in the picture. There's no sign that right. it's anything of an event or anything. So the fact right, that that's, that's framed and that picture of her is the first thing that she sees when she wakes up every morning. Yeah, it's, it's there's weird. A picture, there's a picture of a guy on like the other side that's framed, a much smaller picture right. down by a lamp. But that's she can't really see that from bed. So right. she's supposedly more important to herself than he is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and you see the other pictures behind her. Like, they are her supposedly with friends or pictures from right. other things. I can't really tell. I can't tell at all who, what the post, who the poster is behind her either. I assume that's not her, but I don't know who it is. Yeah, I, maybe it's like a. Yeah, that's so weird that it's a framed picture. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was gonna. I'm trying like, to phrase it's like a. She really <laughs> likes this. She liked this shoot that she did, so she got. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, is there a chance that it could be a picture of her that's the poster on the wall as well? Like, could I didn't she see just the poster be... very well. Uh, there's just like a, po- a poster of like, sort of like an underwear model, which is just intriguing. So odd. So the only, yeah, the only question is whether she is a model. I can't right. tell if it's the same person in the frame picture and, and in the poster. And that she just likes these pictures of her. I don't right. know. Yeah, because some of the pictures behind her do look as though they are, like, you know, posed and professional-ish pictures, so it could be. Yeah, I think it's I think it's weird when people, like, dress rooms, like, what they want to include to, to make you understand, like, something about the character. Like, why would they, why would we need to know anything about this daughter other than it's a teenage, or at one point was a teenage girl? And now so I've got he's a few, a few notes mm-hmm. and saving I want to do here, which is obviously if your room is like this, we're not saying you're weird. Sure, we're no, saying of that not. to introduce a character we don't know about in this manner is yeah. strange because no. because yeah. f- first impressions of her are becoming confusing and mixed. That you'd think you'd want a character that you don't see to be easy to understand. It speaks more to him not being ready for Tim to be there and for Tim not being entirely welcome because this room is still clearly set up for his daughter to live there than any... It could be... They could do the same thing with a, a room that was set up for his son. Yeah. Like, it's it's more that it's completely furnished than, than what it's furnished with. I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. And I think... I, I just think if Tim had commented on something on the wall, then it would just make a little more sense as to why it's there. Yeah. The only other possibility is that these are just left from the actual house. Right, Um, right. 
which is why I'm uncomfortable in saying that things are weird. Yeah, yeah, it does. It feels too big of a reveal to to not be significant at all. But it's also a little bit dated because this is a 2013 movie, right? Yeah. Am I right about that? Like having a a big Britney Spears poster in your room in 2013. Is weird. Is, and it was not from like a 2013 Britney Spears. I'm, I'm not coming at you with a Britney Spears ex- expertise, but on my Britney Spears related podcast, no, I'm joking. It's an, that's an old poster. So like, I think that they probably specifically set up dress the room to be like, she hasn't lived here in years. Oh, hold up. I'm being stupid then. Yeah, the the, po- the poster I was talking about wherein I wasn't sure who it was. It was Britney Spears. Was that Britney Spears? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a I'm a child of 2004. Britney Spears fair, is dating fair, for me. <laughs> fair. Britney Spears, yeah, that's fine. I think it's very it's very much a like a teenager's room. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I guess it also yeah. suggests that she she felt so uncomfortable at home that as soon as she was illegally allowed to leave, she did. Right, without taking yep. any of her stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless I, agree with that. I mean, she could be in uni, but then I feel like he wouldn't. Offer off a spare room, right? Like Tim staying there as a spare room. It just, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems odd that Tim would be moving in while she's in uni and she could come back at any point. So I'm assuming right. this means she's it al- left. It also place. feels odd that this is his only spare room, right? When he seems to live here alone, and it's like at least three stories. Yeah, mostly books. It looks like like all the rooms must be filled with books. Is what I would imagine. <laughs> That's why you're such good friends with James. Yeah. Filled to the brim with just books. He was his book dealer. Yeah. About books. I might cut out all of my comments about that poster and not <laughs> tweeting that it was Britney Spears. That's awful. Now, this is why when you make a poster of a teen idol, you put the person's name on the poster. It's for posterity. Hmm. so that people. In my defense, the picture of the daughter looks as though... Looks similar enough <laughs> to Britney Spears that she could, you know, that yeah. the brief sounds we could have been, it could be the same person with their hair dyed. That is my <laughs> my defense of that comment. I I accept that defense. And I definitely feel in the description of this episode we need to mention, and Luke doesn't know what Britney Spears looks like. <laughs> yeah. Although actually, was she in like one episode of How I Met Your Mother or something? Yes, she was, yeah. in, she was in like two or three. I remember hearing that she was in it, but once again, I didn't twig it was her. It was only like the commentary that said that. She was that so receptionist that... at... Yes. Um, yeah. So that information, like, I, I I, would have thought that I'd recognize her face, but clearly didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. This is, I think this is the... Robert can correct me, but this is possibly the first point where in my young age has shown massively on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Have there been any other... Occasions where I've missed that we it. haven't told him about. <laughs> and this is the first big one, I think. Yeah, that's definitely noticed. I was like, I didn't it... notice a huge poster in her room that wasn't the Britney Spears one. I I opened up the minute on my phone to look for another poster. I'm like, does he mean the weird painting one on the other side of the room? I don't think so. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I've been a complete fool out of myself today. <laughs> This is what, what the life of a pop star is all about, though. You're here, you're huge, people have posters of you on the wall, and then one day no one knows who you are. 
Britney Spears, if you want to come on the show. Yes, absolutely, please. Burning please tweet us with Britney and, uh, Spears. And make your voice clear to me as well. <laughs> I, I hope I'd recognise that. I mean, in all fairness, my taste in pop culture is reasonably dated. Britney Spears isn't my taste in pop culture, but like... Sure. Right, the only... The band I'm going to mention might not have even made their way to the States, so this might make no sense, but the only band I've properly seen in concert is The Cause. The Cause? C-O-R-R-S? Yeah. Sure, I know them. Okay, good. Yeah. I went to that concert and it was full of old people. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Hello, resident old person here. <laughs> it was me and my dad and a load of old age pensioners by the side of us. It was awesome. Like it was, it was an incredible concert. But, That's awesome. Because it was like their reunion tour thing. Yeah. yeah. I like their music. And that was like mostly 90s, I think. Yeah. yeah. Basically all before I was born until that album came out. Right. And I'd done one more called Jupiter Calling. Which, incidentally, although I'm a massive fan, I haven't listened to all the way through. And that album came out like two years ago. Just to come back to the the room, uh, the poster is apparently from 2000, so it is fairly yeah. old. Yeah, okay, a... four years before I was born. I don't feel yeah. too bad anymore. Nah. It's right, it's, and my, my movie is from 2002, so it's right there in yeah. when, she would, when, when I'm used to her looking like that. So it felt very much a, like, open the door, and it's like, oh, hey. It's me from your other podcast. <laughs> so there we go. At least, at least she was older when I saw her in How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Right. She was on her. She it. she had done all of her breaking down and then was building herself back up when she was on How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. So we've talked enough about Britney Spears this minute. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've done my it's job. Appropriate. <laughs> She's on the wall. That, I think. I think that should be the title of this episode. We've talked enough about Britney Spears this minute. <laughs> Either that, or you've made me feel like an idiot. <laughs> no. <laughs> which, which one's more likely to get the most listens? <laughs> At this point, uh, no, I'd say probably the Britney Spears, yeah. actually. There we go. I'll, I'll completely pretend it was intentional, me invite you onto this minute, despite me not knowing <laughs> who Britney Spears was. <laughs> I definitely was like, oh, wow. They, wow, that, that is some curating your guests. Wow. Now we go back in time and make you think <laughs> right. At first you didn't have me on these minutes and then I watched the movie and I was like, why didn't you have me on those minutes? Yeah, actually, straight after this recording, I'm going to go into a wardrobe, cl- <laughs> close my eyes, clench my fists, go back in time and write a note to myself on the fridge saying, invite James onto this episode. <laughs> and then, Although actually, that's not how the universe works here, is it? <laughs> so that doesn't... Right. Is it? Right. Could it be how it works? You could try. It's one way to find out. Yep. Record it. Heck, it's ten <laughs> o'clock. It's ten o'clock here. My room is a dark room. I'll try in a moment. Right. <laughs> so, about time. This is what the show's about. Uh-huh. Sometimes. Oh, there's so much more of this minute. We need <laughs> Rory. So, Tim says, I'm going to speed over these a little bit. Uh, it wasn't a hopeful setup for romance, and work didn't help me on that score either. The world of law seems to be entirely full of men. Hello. Hi. So yeah. you get this little shot of Tim and as he walks in. And once again, you get the sense of awkwardness and how uncomfortable yeah. he is. Which I yeah. think is brilliant. So then he walks through. He meets Rory, or Roger as we'll later know him. And uh, he says, I'm Rory. Very pleased to meet you. A real thrill. Well, who knows? We might become, you know, pals. And then that's I how think the minute ends. it's such a brilliant piece of filmmaking. To say the world of law seems to be filled entirely with men. And then he meets 
the other boy in his life. Like, they're just a, a couple of, of, like we said, Tim sort of comes off as like a teenager. So does Rory. Yeah. So it's these two boys making their in way in this world. world of serious men. Like, yeah. I think that's such a good, good piece of writing and, and revealing of a character and stuff. I took, I took actually a lesson from this, which is you need to find the people that make you feel like they're your age. Like you can be a child with them. You can like figure out this world together. Don't like, don't surround yourself with people that you feel like oh, I'm just a kid and everyone else is a grown up. Yeah. Find your, your peers, even if it's not an age, but rather in just like maturity attitude and, and yeah. energy and stuff. Yeah. I think there's, there's a great shot later on in this film. I think it's Tim and Rory, it might be Tim and Jay, and they're going down, like, stairs, and they're talking about, no matter how many were girls, I always ended up back with him. I think it might be Jay. Yeah. And and it's just him and Jay, and loads of, like, sort of model-esque women just walking right. past. And I think that's brilliant. The thought of this as, as him narrating it, and we, we're seeing sort of his storytelling creation stuff, is really cool to think about while you see, like the synchronicity of what he's saying and like the literal displaying of that. It's almost like an illustration of, of, a, of a, a book he's writing, which is kind of, yeah. Cool. Well, like that scene later on, as I said, where he's, where he got all the girls like walking past, it's like that is so clearly not a real thing that happened in his right. life, <laughs> right. but it does right. make me think, okay, this is Tim, the unreliable narrator. Right. And I think it's great to have an unreliable narrator. And me I really want to, I really want to use that more in films that I make. Yeah. In your Richard Curtis short film. Mm-hmm. Yes. It'll be a so unreliable narrator that he'll be telling a completely different story. They'll be, they'll, <laughs> be, they'll be summarizing the premise, and you'll have to ask yourself, is that the premise? Or is the premise something entirely different? Because it's an unreliable narrator. He'll be summarizing the premise of The Exorcist while we're watching Love Actually. <laughs> right, so, <laughs> have we got any other comments on Rory? Before we end this minute in general, before we go on to our super duper surprise minute. Not Rory, but since I like locations, I'll just point out the building he comes out of is the Honorable Society of Lincoln's Inn, which is, yeah, a place where they practice law. Nice. Interesting. Barristers. Nailed it. I find it (laughs) weird that we don't hear anything about Tim being a lawyer until this point. Yeah. Like, I always find it weird. It's just like, oh, and he's a lawyer. Which seems. Weirdly convenient, considering Harry's play later on. Right. Like I right. find it weird that that's never cool. Except he doesn't even rewrite that, so it, he doesn't benefit from it. No. <laughs> I'd have felt like there would have been some sort of interaction, or like some way that Tim could have influenced the play being written. I don't know, even if it's like think, a subtle way. Do you think he's a lawyer because he? it's like a juxtaposition or like a contrast? Because he's breaking the laws of space and time? I hadn't thought about it like that, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. I just assumed they wanted a really simple job yeah, they didn't have to explain. The other option that I thought of was, instead of being like, and then I jobbed my job, and as I was jobbing my job, I learned how to job my job better than everyone else. You have to have just sort of a <laughs> generic job, and why not have it be a lawyer? Well, I think the thing with Richard Curtis is he has middle-class characters right. middle-class jobs. You know, you've got writers you've got lawyers i mean colin firth is a lawyer in bridget jones right i think you've got politicians in love actually you know it's 
it's middle class people with middle class jobs, which is fine. Middle class is what he knows. You know, I'm not, I'm not right. considering that a criticism. Hmm. I think it'd be very weird to criticize Richard Curtis for being middle class when he's raised billions for poverty. So yeah, I mean, I think that's that's just the way it is. So mm-hmm. James, we sent yes. you a special super duper surprise minute. Yes. Um, which I've already forgotten what minute it was. It was labeled 007. So now either okay. it was a, a, a clip from an unreleased James Bond movie or it's minute seven. There we go. So I will go back to my notes on minute seven. Although, <laughs> obviously. Well, when we sent it to you, the James Bond had been released because it was the future. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. So uh, it's a it's an odd start to this spy movie, but I think that uh, I think it's going to really get going. This is from when Danny Boyle was directing it. <laughs> Love it. This I is... still want to see what that movie would have become. <laughs> Although I think Danny Boyle working on Yesterday instead was a much better deal. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. Oh yeah, I sent this to you just because it's my favourite exchange in the film. <laughs> and, and my first note is, what a great exchange between Tim and his dad. Like, It's like a mm-hmm. vaudeville bit almost. Like, Which it isn't, which it is. Like, ugh, oh, so good. Wow. And just so, like, it's so quick and expertly timed. Ah, oh, so great. Yeah, I remember I was literally thinking, what minute do I send James? And then I was like, oh yeah, this is my favorite minute. I'll just send it to you. <laughs> I think it's also a really cool, one of my favorite, I love time travel movies a lot. And one of my favorite things is what they decide to do with, do the people around them believe in time travel? Or like, who is their confidant? Because there was a, there was a TV show that I'm not remembering the name of where the guy just told his wife that he was a time traveler, like first episode. And I was like, this, what? What's going on here? Why would he do that? It needs to be a secret. He needs to have a confidant, like a friend that knows he's a time traveler. But you don't have a show if he just, if everyone just knows he's a time traveler. So I like this. I like the convincing the disbeliever that time travel mm. is real. I think scene. that's one of the areas which, like, I, I, I like the Doctor Who spin-off class, obviously having the lead actor from it in my first film. But one of the places I think it went wrong is like episode six or... I mean, have either you seen class? Did it even make its way to the States at all? I yeah, think I did. recall it being... coming out and then I was like, how am I going to watch it? And then I didn't. Well, like episode six or seven, this isn't really a spoiler. And since there's no series two, like it's not really anything massive. But episode six or seven, like the parents just find out. Right. And it seems almost so casual that it's like, A, you could have made a whole episode about this, and it's like yeah. a subplot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. B, where do you go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like like with Torchwood, they did something good with an entire episode with when Reese found out about Torchwood, and that became such a good episode. And then you have Reese becoming part of the team, but also still not really being part of the team, and you get that dynamic, and that's great. Yeah. But they didn't know what they were doing with class. Yeah, the show that I was talking about was called Journeyman. It um and it it it, it lasted thirteen episodes. It was over by uh, December. So like, I think and I think the the is answer that mean it's is a British show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, right. It was. Uh, no, that means it was canceled. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was. Um, That's a good run for us. That's like two two seasons in a special. Yeah. <laughs> when I watched when uh, Fleabag won the Emmy, I was like, all right, I'm gonna watch both seasons of Fleabag, and I was like, all right, let's buckle in. 12 episodes? What? I mean, okay. I can do 12 episodes. That's great. Fleabag only... didn't work for me at all, actually. <laughs> I can, I can, 
from from having talked to you over the past uh, seventy two hours that we've been recording, <laughs> I think that uh, I can I get that I understand that 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 I can understand why it didn't work. There are, it didn't really work it, for my wife either. Um, at it first. reminded me of Miranda. I don't know if you get Miranda in the states. No, that no. was really good. It's like Fleabag in terms of her awkwardness and her talking to camera. But it's slightly less full of like sex scenes and stuff. Right, right. Like, right, right. like I think Miranda's rated like twelve or fifteen, but we'll sit and watch it with the family over dinner, and it's it's more Miranda accidentally saying things that sound like innuendos, and then goes, "Ooh, not a euphemism," and that's it. It's sort of like carry on humor, really. Oh, I know um, the actress. <coughs> Miranda, where the actress from? Uh, Spy. Mm, I never saw that, even though I've heard great things about it. It surprised me how much I liked Spy, actually. <laughs> Oh, maybe I'm not I've seen McCarthy Call the Midwife. My, my 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 wife loves Call the Midwife, so maybe that's what yeah. I've seen her. Yeah, that's like her only serious role, I think. Call the Midwife. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, M- Miranda's it... definitely worth watching. It's really funny, and you've got Tom Ellis from Luther plays like her boyfriend, like okay. her love interest. I still haven't seen Luther, but I know that if I watch it, I will just be constantly yeah. thinking it's Gary. Um, <laughs> she yeah. was in not. Do you, do you get not yeah. going out in the states? That's a really good show. I no. don't think so. Oh, do you uh, follow up question? Do any of you know who Lee Mack is? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, not going out as Lee Mack sitcom, and it's just his incredible wit, like over a series. Miranda plays their cleaner Barbara. Hey, she was and, in like, the Victor of Dibley. Yes, she was in like one episode of Victor of Dibley. Yeah. <laughs> you see, we we have like five actors in Britain. <laughs> they're in everything. <laughs> They've all been on Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. She was in. She was on Comic Relief in 2017 too. Yeah, not going out, like, Miranda Hart's first scene as the cleaner, is she just says, oh no, I've broken another plate. I mean, oh no, I've broken a plate. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, even though I love not going out, the funniest things in terms of Lee Lee Mack's wit are the outtakes. Oh yeah, I've seen them on 8 out of 10. On 8 out of 10 cats. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. But yeah, like, the outtakes of not going out are incredible. Like, there's, uh, because Lee Mack's wit, as you've probably seen on 8 out of 10 cats, is just so quick. Yeah. He, he does the he does a show. Would I lie to you? Which yeah. is which his wit is just so fast on that. But like in the in the bloopers of not going out, like there's one scene where like someone comes over and like straightens a cushion behind him, and and then he calls her over. He goes, Julie, Julie, I want to put my hand on my knee. Can you come over and do it for me? <laughs> it's just <laughs> oh, it's, awesome. he's, he's just he's just brilliant. And then Tim Vine is in it with him. Uh, Tim Vine known in the states either, or have we just got a long list of comedians? Um, uh, Tim Vine doesn't. Ring a bell. What's he on? Tim, he's on. Uh, on what I lie to you? Well, he's in not going out. I think he might have been on what I lie to you. But basically, he he's like the most family friendly stand up comedian, and he's also huh. he holds the world record for like the most jokes told in an hour. Wow! Like they're pretty much all like dad joke one liners. Like they're right. really funny. I didn't realize that when I watched his DVDs, like I'm watching them and then I'm pausing them and I'm doing something else and then I'm coming back. I went to see him live, like pretty local to me. Yeah, and even though it was only on for an hour, because of how fast they were, you felt like you were there for ages, and it was getting really boring. <laughs> well, like, it was still funny, but it was sort of like I wanted to meet him at the stage door, and that was like the main thing because right. I loved him and not going out. And I was sitting there thinking, I've only been here for half an hour, and I feel like it's been two hours. <laughs> Although he does do this incredible thing, which is possible. I think I told you about this Robert when we were doing Monty Python actually, called Pen Behind the Ear, whereby he just has this music playing in the background, going Pen Behind the Ear, Pen Behind the Ear, and that'll play on repeat. While he throws a series of pens until one of them lands behind his ear, <laughs> and like considering how fast his wit is, that five minutes before it landed on his ear, 
And it starts funny, it becomes boring, and then it becomes funny again. Yeah, I think that's when we were talking about Rule of 33, wasn't it? A while back on um, Monty Python specials of Please Be Seated. So, backtracking here, did we seriously go time travel, TV, Fleabag, Miranda, Lee Mack, Tim Vine? The the end result is, don't tell everyone in your life that you time travel. There needs to be someone who doesn't know, and you need to convince the one person that you do time travel. And in this in this scene, Tim's dad is the time traveler, and Tim is the disbeliever. And you know, eventually that will that will Tim will become the time traveler. But and Kit um, Kat will briefly right. be the disbeliever. Right, exactly. But if everyone knows, then it's not fun, and your show gets canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Have we got any other comments? Because I realize we haven't actually talked much about these minutes. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's all this exchange and and Tim not believing for the whole thing, like. It's a fairly, it's a great minute, but there's not a lot of events in it, right? Which is maybe good for for our uh, for our run length this time, but uh, but there is one of the best lines in the movie, which you mentioned, I think, on Monday. The why would I lie to someone I'm fairly fond yeah, of? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ugh. So and then like I really love the like I because I hate when I know that someone is messing with me, but they're committing to the bit so hard that it's oh, either like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't believe you. And they're like, no, believe me. And I'm like, the only way that this is going to go anywhere is if I say I believe you. But then if I, like, it's like, you know, has anyone ever said, like, the word gullible isn't in the dictionary? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, it is. And they're like, no, it's not. And you're like, let me show you. And then you show them. And they're like, haha, you fell for it. And you're like, but I didn't, though. Tim is trying to head that bet <laughs> by being yeah. like, when I come back. You're gonna be in trouble. Oh, and when he kept he kept being like such big trouble, that was really charming too. But yeah, I think even <laughs> in those situations though, you've always got that tiniest part of you that goes, <laughs> "What if I am wrong?" Right, right. But you don't want to give in to that part. <laughs> yeah, the trick is to rip the page that has "gullible" out of the dictionary beforehand. What to prove them? <laughs> yeah, to confuse them the plant, other way. Plant no, the a trick is that to doesn't have gullible in it, and then yeah, print your own copy that <laughs> right, doesn't exactly. have that word in it. <laughs> and next to idiot has a picture of the person that you <laughs> right. tell. Actually, you can make a lot of money on like you know five gag dictionaries, <laughs> personalized dictionaries. You yeah, exactly. P- picture, picky picture. Yeah. Under idiot, it just says you. <laughs> a checkbox check of like which ones do you want? <laughs> No, the thing is, it looks like a real dictionary, and eventually yeah. someone will find it. Well, otherwise it, it is a yeah. real dictionary. Otherwise, it has but eventually else. someone will find it in a second-hand bookshop and be very confused <laughs> when they pick up, idiot, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll need to desperately spell gullible, and it just won't be there, and it'll just be like, huh. All right, well, I guess that's I guess it. doesn't exist. It's yeah. not a word. Yeah, <laughs> I think if you do, like, ten bucks for the 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 base dictionary... And then each modification is like, like fifty cents or whatever. I think you'd make a good, a good, a good amount of money on that. And that that's a business plan for this business plan podcast. I'm James, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm. So we've changed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a point, and it's vanished. Uh, <laughs> it was a really good one as well. You can trust me. Can we all just smile and laugh as it was a hilarious moment? <laughs> so you you went back in time to try to make it even better and you screwed it up. I got I got it. I got it. What if it wasn't a dictionary and it was like one of those 
like like the uh, the translation book sketch in Monty Python, <laughs> and it's just someone desperately trying to understand English and getting completely messed <laughs> up by like the joke dictionary. <laughs> Everything they learn the word idiot means you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. My hovercraft is full of eels. <laughs> Still one of the greatest lines in all of comedy. So, James, if you had to go back in time to any moment in your life and either relive it or change it, what moment would that be? Ooh, I've been thinking about change all week, but relive is interesting. I've been in some plays in like high school that I, I, would, I would love to go back and, and be in again. But change, I have, an, I have a ready answer for this. This is how much time travel I watch. My ready answer for this is there was a point and time uh, in my career where I sat down with a boss and we were being taken over by a, another company. And he said, you, I had been laid off and come back. And uh, I asked for a lot more money to come back, which was a smart move. Good job, James. Then two months later, we were getting taken over by another company. And he was like, you make way too much. They're not going to keep you on. You should lower your salary. <laughs> and I said okay and then they did and i've always regretted that what i should have said was i guess we'll see and then maybe you know i'd be a lot richer but i that's my that's my my light my go-to time travel (laughs) regret is not 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 letting him bully me into changing that and you'd uh, be richer and right now you'd be hosting a a mainstream TV Britney Spears themed talk right. show. That's right, exactly. With Richard Curtis and uh, <laughs> Tim Vine. It's actually weirdly everyone we've mentioned on this on my episodes uh, would be on my show. So, as a coincidence, I like the idea that they're all they're all on the crew, but yeah. your only ever guest is Britney Spears. Oh, like yeah, she's yeah. just yeah, ev- yeah, every week is, is like just the key grip. So, James, where can our listeners find you on social media? And have you got any upcoming projects you can promote to us all? Uh, Or current projects? Or past Uh, projects? Heck, it's time travel. You can follow me on Twitter at UnabashedJames. Currently, I am hosting with my best friend Aaron Crossroads Minute. This week, we are doing minutes 66 through 70, but when it comes out, we may be done. We have some ideas about what uh, we're going to do next for our By the Minute podcast. We were going to do a show. We're going to do a movie. And then we found out someone else was doing it. So I quickly asked to be a guest on that show. But we have some ideas. We also do a Fall Out Boy lyrics podcast where we take one line from each Fall Out Boy song and talk about it sort of in depth with our friend Tracy. Uh, And that's called Thanks for the Lyrics, (laughs) but without any vowels. Yeah, um, all of these are on the Scavengers Network, which is the network that I'm on. And you can, go, you can follow them on, at ScavengersNet and find all sorts of great podcasts. And so, Robert, social media and promotions and all that jazz. Uh, social media, Robert E.G. Black. All my podcasts, which are Michael Myers Minute, Dave Made a Minute, Annihilation Minute, The Room Minute, Greetings from Wonderfalls, Cock and Bull Minute, Mandy Sucks Minute. Did I get them all? I think I got them all. And this one, two minutes about time, at lemmingdrops.com. The listeners can find me on Twitter at llama underscore bottle zero. They can find my Instagram at the ginger luke. I've actually got a Facebook page which I keep forgetting to mention, which I think is at Luke Allen Film. Everything else is at lukeallen.co.uk. My podcast, Please Be Seated, is on there. Every other guest appearance I've done and 
I'm trying to fill my website. So every newspaper article that ever so slightly mentions my name mm-hmm. or hints of my existence is probably linked on that website somewhere. Uh, and this show is available on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Two Men's About Time. Why do I suddenly forget all these things? I think it's my paranoia offending literally everyone this week. Um, <laughs> by the way, the Queen, if you're listening. <laughs> no, I can't think of anything nasty to say to the Queen. Um, good old Liz. <laughs> if you want to come on the show, just mm-hmm. email me, luke at lukeowen.co.uk. It'd be great to get the Queen on here. I might simply email yeah. the Queen and invite her onto the That's show. That's a good guess. Does the Queen still look like Andy Warhol? <laughs> that is a, an incredible callback on which I think we should end this episode. Yes. Um, so, thanks so much for listening. Hope you tune in next week. Fairly well. <laughs> the Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemming Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions. <laughs>